0: Exciting time, Wednesday night. Uh, We arrived uh, on Wednesday from Johannesburg, drove down, and we stayed with Paul and Alison, and they said, oh, by the way, there just happens to be a group here tonight. And so we had the pleasure of just landing in the midst of uh, home church with uh, Alan and Mary Ellen, and there was another couple there from Zimbabwe, where we'd just been, and that just led to this. The opening scripture that we looked at was, uh, in a, well, um, the, the, the scripture that is fantastic. And comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. So I believe that you've been looking at that. And it's something that I'd like to unpack some more for us today. Because in Matthew eleven eleven, Jesus says, Of men born of woman, none is greater than John the Baptist. So he was the greatest. And when you read through the Bible and you read about all these people that did uh, mighty exploits, you have David and Samson and you've got Elisha and Elijah and it just goes on and on and on and you think, wow, John the Baptist is the greatest. But he doesn't stop there. He says, but he who is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. So as we stand in this... Um, in this meeting here, I just look out upon you people. I see the mighty sons of God sitting uh, uh, gathered together today. And we're going to unpack some scripture today because our identity is not on our background. It's not based on our experience, our education, what did happen or didn't happen to us, how much money we got, what the color of our skin is. That's got nothing to do with it when it comes to the kingdom. When it comes to the kingdom, this is the final authority. I am who he says I am, and I can do what he says I can do, and I have what he says I have. And that is what we have to allow to be the ultimate authority in our life. So let's have a look. Let's open it up today. And I trust that you're going to be ministered to today. Jesus is the living word. So just as the spirit of God was moving so wonderfully and touching uh, our hearts, and I just felt my, my heart just rejoicing in God as we were worshiping. But Jesus is the living word. So as the word comes to you, you receive it as the touch of your Lord. Let it be spirit, because the word of God is spirit and life. It changes us. It changes us. It shapes us. It forms us, and it helps us to be who He is. And uh, uh, Alan read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, which is amazing, where it speaks about going from glory to glory. And as you read on, it speaks about how we look into the Word like into a mirror. But this is a mirror that as you look into it, doesn't show you yourself as you, as you see yourself. It shows you yourself as God sees you. And as you look at it, You go, wow, is that who I am? Wow, look at me. And that's not something of pride. pride. That is humility. Ultimate humility is to say, God, I accept what you're saying. God, I receive what you're saying. God, I'm going to appropriate, make my own. I'm going to eat that word. I'm going to become the word. And that is what is so exciting. So let's just open it up. We'll read uh, Ephesians 3, verse 20. I just love the word, so uh, you're going to get a lot of it this morning. Let's just go to Ephesians 3, verse 20. I've got the Amplified Bible, so uh, you you get it really uh, unpacked beautifully. So it might sound a little different to what translations you've got. Right, so I'm there. Here we go. It says, To him who by inconsequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we ask, think beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Immediately we should be saying, Whoa, hold on here. Am I seeing God like that? Am I seeing my life like that? Or am I limiting myself to the the natural uh, things uh, that are around us? How am I seeing my life? And we need to be pulled into that word, into the realm of the impossible, into the realm of anything can be done, that is beyond what we ask, think, or even imagine a very easy way to gauge where we're at is how do we pray? What are we asking God? Are we asking God to do things that we perceive we need, that we perceive others need? Or are we able to move into the dimension where we can, in the spirit, allow God to pray with us as against praying to him? There's dimensions here that we need to be open to. So we've been uh, teaching uh, from this very first uh, verse of Scripture a lot and moving into the dimension of the impossible. So let's look at a little... uh, I want to come back to this. We're going to start at this point. We're going to end at this point so that we can just take ourselves up to that level that God wants. The least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. So we've just got to know that that's us, that we're in the kingdom, so we've got to know how do we start tapping into these dimensions and into these levels that God is calling us into. He can do super abundantly above and beyond anything we dare ask, think, dream, or even imagine, according to His mighty power that's at work in us. So how do we... Release the power, do we even have the power? well wow, i'm glad you asked that question so let's uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter one. we'll just uh, do a, a little bit of work around in Ephesians. Look at Ephesians one verse seventeen. as I speak, I am speaking to the realm of you that is spirit. remember one thessalonians uh, five verse twenty three where Paul prays uh, for the thessalonians and he 's saying. You know, may the God of uh, glory sanctify you and preserve you, spirit, soul, and body. Now, you know you've got a, a soul, because that is, that is the area um, that interacts with this world. So your soul is your ability to think, I think. It's your ability to feel, I feel. It's your, ability, it's your will, I want. It's that part of you. You've got a body, that's obvious, because you're sitting here in your body today. Your body is the part of you that um, you you interact with the world. Uh, You've got your your sense of taste, you've got your hearing, you've got your seeing, you've got your touch, uh, etc. But your spirit, that's the part of you that is alive to God. That's the part of you that God the Holy Spirit communicates with. If you read in Romans 8 verse 14... It speaks about how the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So that's the area where we need to be positioning ourselves. That's the area where we need to see ourselves as. You see, there's a part of us that is instantly in 2 Corinthians 5:17. I'm going fast because I believe I've got short time. <laughs> so, um, normally we do a couple of days, so. But in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it speaks about how if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And it says, all the old stuff is gone. Behold, the fresh and new has come. We're speaking about that is the spirit part of us. That is now alive to God. That is in, it's connected to God, in communication with God. And in fact, even when we we get to the point where we're one with God, And you see that where Jesus says, you are my body. But also it says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, it says, he who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. So these are things that that, that you need to grasp. Don't think saying, I am a member of Christ, is is a thing that is uh, heretical or something to say. It's not. That's the truth. You're the body of Christ. And you are members of Christ, each one of you. But let's have a look at the power first of all. So back to one, uh, Ephesians 1.17. It says, I always pray to the God of, this is Paul praying, to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. So step one. For you to grow in Christ, for Christ to be formed in you, uh, you have to have revelation. So when you read the Bible, you're not just reading this thing as an intellectual or academic exercise. You're praying, you're saying, Father, I need the spirit of revelation. I need to know who I am, who you say I am. I need Christ formed in me. Because, you see, when your spirit is born again, That part of you is complete. We can have a look through in Hebrews 10. It speaks about how you are holy, how you are perfect, how you are complete. And in Ephesians 4, we'll go there now. In fact, let's just go there right away. Ephesians 4, have a look at verse 24. It says, put on the new nature, the regenerate self, Created in God's image. God-like in true righteousness and holiness. That's you. That's who you are. You have been created in true righteousness, true holiness. You are perfect. Now people say, oh, am I? Yes, you are. Because you've got to see yourself as the Lord sees you. You've got to see yourself in that mirror in 2 Corinthians 3. You've got to allow that to reflect back into you. And the word being spirit and life literally changes your nature. That is talking about your soulish nature now because your spirit is complete. That's sealed in God. You are done. Finished. You are holy, perfect, righteous, true. That's done. Settled. You are seated in Christ Jesus in in heavenly places. That's Ephesians 2 verse 6. That's done, that's fact. So what is it that we struggle with? It's the soulish area, the lower life. It's our mind, our intellect, our feelings, our thoughts and our will. That's the area where we are transformed. But so let's just have a look, first of all, because we've said that um, God does superabundantly above what we ask, think or even imagine, according to His power at work in us. So let's have a look at Ephesians 1:17. So the first key here is, it's by revelation that you know who you are. Okay, So let's have a look at what he says here. He prays and he says, how does this revelation work? Verse 18 of Ephesians 1. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. How rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. Alright, so this is very... Very important, because each of, each of you is um, adopted, you were chosen, you were predestined. Read Ephesians 1. It's just amazing. Before the foundation of the world, God chose you. So you have to have the understanding of what your inheritance is about. Do you know it says in Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, God has, past tense, he has blessed you with every blessing in Christ Jesus. It's yours already. You need to have understanding of it. You see, like, if, so, if someone dies and there's an inheritance, say a father, a mother, or maybe a relative, and leaves you a big inheritance, you're going to want to know what's in the package. Not so. You're going to do what it takes. If the lawyer uh, who's, or, or the executive of the estate. Uh, says, oh, we're having a meeting of, of the uh, people in, who are inheriting. Um, you're going to be there. You're going to find out, what is it? What is mine? What has been left to me? And it, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for you to understand and to receive of the love of whoever it is that's left you uh, an inheritance. What, are they, what have they left me? What is it for? And, and so on. So it's the same with the things of God. It says you have received an inheritance. So you have to know what your inheritance is. Well, well, good news. It comes through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and it comes through the Word of God. So here's something He says about you now, verse 19 of Ephesians 1. It says, "So you, okay, you have in your eye, the eyes of your heart, flooded with light." It's verse 19. So that you can know and understand the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So as you sit here today, whether you feel it or not, it's not something that operates through feelings. You have the mighty resurrection, power of God in you. That's a fact. That's what it said. Now, do you accept it? You, you can say, well, I don't believe that. I haven't got the faith to believe that. Well, I've got some good news for you today. You don't have to have faith to believe anything. That is just a, a, a confusion. What you do is you choose to believe something, and if, if you're not sure whether it's true or not, Do some research on the word, but for goodness sake, do it. And work out, is the word of God true? And uh, settle that one in your mind. And then choose to believe. Because faith is a different thing to believing. When Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe, he didn't say, these signs will follow those who have faith. Would you agree? What is the difference? Faith is a supernatural gift of God that comes, faith comes by, Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right? If you choose not to believe the word of God, are you going to hear it? You see the key? So it begins with us. God has done what he's done. He said, here's my word. He sent, he sent his word in Jesus, and we have the logos, the written word of God. If we choose to believe it, what happens then is there is the gift of faith that comes By hearing the word. If you don't choose to believe, your ears are blocked to it. So, for instance, if someone comes along and tells you a story, and you say, oh, I don't believe you, you're just full of nonsense, Uh, I don't want to hear it. That's how we are. And it's the same with the word of God. You attend to it, you give it honor, and you choose to hear it, or you choose not to. All right, so luckily I'm with... uh, uh, the people of God here who are open to the things of God. So you're choosing to believe. So right now, believe what it says. It says the immeasurable power of God is in you. That same power that he demonstrated when he raised Christ from the dead. It's in you. Believe that you are born again of the Spirit. That you are in the kingdom of God. Believe that... What the word says about you is true. So you've got to say at this point, what am I going to believe? Am I going to believe my experience? Am I going to believe my feelings? I don't feel powerful. I can't see it. It's not a sensual thing. It's a thing that comes by revelation. Power and the power of God is released in and through us by revelation. And when we believe the word, what it says, faith comes. you get that don't complicate it i say to people oh it says whosoever believes in me will do the works i do and greater works that's john 14 verse 12 and um, people say i haven't got the faith to believe that and it's a cop-out it's both ignorance and a cop-out so we we've got to be wise and we've got to be discerning about the things of god all right so let's carry on so it says here the power of God that raised Jesus, it says his power is demonstrated, and it's in us, which, the power which he exerted in verse 20 when he raised, uh, raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. But just read on. Far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is named. Okay, that's Jesus Christ above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. Um, A headship, it says, exercised throughout the church, which is his body. That's us. We're the church. As we stand here or sit here today, we are church. All right. And it says, the body is the fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Now, there's a number of things that we can gather uh, or we can receive from that and allow that to be formed in you. First of all, if you're in the body of Christ, even if you think you're the, the squirmiest, wormiest saint there is, you're in the body of Christ. You just made it. You're in the sole of his foot, say. So. Okay, now that's very humble. I'm very humble. I'm the least of the saints. But look what it says. He has put all things under his feet. So that means even if you're in his feet, you're above all things. So you can't get away from it where we're at. So as you sit here, don't confine yourself to the natural world. Don't confine yourself to your, uh, your circumstances. Don't. We are above that. It says fact. Ephesians 2 verse 6. Look at this. He has raised us up together with him and made us sit together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere. You don't have to believe that. It's done. God's done it. It's a fact. It just says, it says, if you believe, you will be raised up with him and seated with him. Did it say that? No. It said, it says, he has raised us up together with him and given us joint seating in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus. You are seated in heavenly realms. Now, what we need to do as church is we need to live in that dimension. That's the dimension of glory. That's the dimension of power. That's the dimension of the supernatural. That's the dimension where literally, as it says uh, in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16, it says, we have the mind of Christ. That's a fact. We have the mind of Christ. Why are we not walking and and living in that abundance and in that um, revelation and in that ability? It's because we are not positioning ourselves and not seeing ourselves positioned in Christ. So, what has happened today? Today, we've seen, it says, He is able to do superabundantly above anything we ask, think, dream or imagine. What is it referring to? It's referring to the human part of us. But we're not merely humans. We are joined to God. We are one spirit with God. We are seated in Him in heavenly realms. And when the mighty power of God is released uh, and, and operational in us, guess what? We have the mind of Christ. We have revelation. And, and he is able to do abundantly above what we and our natural beings could ask, think, or even imagine. So see these dimensions coming into your life. Because we've just come from Zimbabwe. We've seen miracles. We've seen AIDS just healed like that. We've seen people set free of ailments. We've seen atmospheres change because we are in the realm of God and we have been able to see ourselves in that realm. It is nothing for God to change the weather. It's nothing for God to change your circumstances. And it's it's possible for each one of us to do the works of Jesus. He meant it when he said, Whosoever believes in me will do the works I do and greater works. Why? Because we are seated in him and we are in that place of authority, in that place of dominion, in that place of freedom. Do not be confined to what you see. So let's, let's, let's read on. I'd, I'd like to take you to, uh, let's go across to Philippians. Not reference, Colossians. There's just so many scriptures that are amazing. We're going to go to chapter 2. Verse 9, I want to read. Just get this. All right, this is Jesus. It says, In him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Now, bear in mind, we His body, and it, it just said in Ephesians uh, where we read that he, he 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 fills everything with Himself, and and in the church dwells the fullness of Him who fills all. And here it says, for in Him the fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Now, look at verse ten. Again, Paul picks up on the same theme of what he, what he uh, had in Ephesians 1 there. It says, you are in him. You are made full. You have come to fullness of life in Christ. You too, Amplified So I hope some, someone's got some Amplified Bibles out there. It says, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature and he is the head of all rule authority of every angelic principality and power you are full with the godhead father son and holy spirit you are one spirit with god 1 corinthians 6:17 you are joined to him you are his temple if you read down the next couple of verses god dwells in you and you have the mighty power of God in you, resurrection power, the power that the Father demonstrated when he raised Jesus from the dead. Can, can you imagine at the time where Jesus was in hell, every, every power there was would have done their best to prevent the life exploding into his body. There was a huge tussle. It says that um, God, we we'll look at verse 15, same way in Colossians um, chapter 2. It says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example over them, triumphing over them in the cross. So there was a huge tushel, tussle that went on. And that. So there was this great big tussle that took place. And every single thing the devil had, every demon in hell, every fallen angel, Every power that there was was totally overwhelmed, disarmed, defeated. And um, that power is in you. Uh, you I I, I can tell you these things um, in, in, in a short while. But you need to meditate on these things. You need to say, I am in him, he's in me. The power of God's in me. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You see... Uh, Just go over to Colossians chapter 3. How do we we appropriate this? How do we make this our own? How do we literally flesh it out? How do we manifest it? So look in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, and we read in Ephesians 2 verse 6, we were raised with him when he was raised from the dead, If you've been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. This is key. You've got to be looking and and drawing from what is yours in Christ. That's why I'm saying you must know what your inheritance is. But I'll carry on. It says, verse 2, Set your minds... And keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not the things that are on the earth. Now this is again a thing of choice. Are we going to be concerned about what's happening day to day? The car needs to be serviced, the kids need this, or I need to check into this or that, or the bank manager wants to see me, or the doctor says, or are we going to deal with all that stuff? And, oh, the political situation and, I don't know, all the stuff that people think, think of or if it's not sport or something like that. God's saying, look what he says, set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not the things that are on the earth. And look what it says, for as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your real life is hidden with Christ in God So that's the challenge. What are we going to meditate on? And the more you meditate on the things that are above, the more they become real to you, and the more you become the very person that the Bible says you are. So you're going to meditate on the things that are above. You're going to get a hold of the Word of God. You're going to treat this Word like it's a letter written to you. It's an identity document. You know, it says of Jesus that he looked in the Scriptures... It's Hebrews, I've got it marked here. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 10. This is, this is what Jesus did. He said, uh, it says in verse 7, I said, behold, here I am, coming to do your will, O God, to fulfill what is written of me in the volume of the book. That's our mission statement. I've come to do your will. I've come to fulfill what is written of me in your book you treat the word of God like that, your life will be transformed. You go from glory to glory, just like was read in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3. The things of God become real, and you start exercising the authority that we have in God. You, um, I know I'm throwing lots of stuff out. I'm, how am I going for time? Uh, okay. We, we live in the UK at the moment, and, uh, you know, they kind of like their politics there. And so what happens is something gets done or some great uh, statements made you know, from Whitehall, oh, this is what we're going to do because this is right, and, you know, it's really quite funny. But uh, then the guys get their signs, and they all run around in the street protesting, and, uh, yeah, we don't like this, and we don't like that, and we say no to this, and they're all over the place, and the bobbies are standing outside watching them, and, you know, it's on TV, and, oh, there were demonstrations in the street today. But if you think about it, it's all absolutely meaningless, because w- the decisions and the policy is made in, in Whitehall, round the cabinet table. That's where the influence is in the nation. And God has taken you and he's put you right in the executive, right in where God is operating from, the throne room, where there's God the Father and God the Son and the seven spirits of God and the angelic host around and the 24 elders. So we are in that realm. That's where we are. That's where we operate. So we just laugh at the demonstrators with these signs. And then when they finish, they throw them down and off they go home. Oh, that was another good demonstration. What does it mean? As far as we concern, nothing. There's not authority. It's, it's, it's a little bit meaningless. But in God, you have authority. You have the name above every name. I haven't got to what your inheritance is, but certainly part of what your inheritance is, is the name of Jesus. And in, in uh, the book of Philippians, it says that this is the name above all names that's been given Jesus. It's your name. At that name, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Christ is Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Um, thinking about where to go from here because I don't want to open up a new, a new subject. Um, sorry? Oh, yeah. Heather's just saying, there's a story. Um, we were... Because because we understand this authority, and it's amazing, it's a, it's a process that's really only been happening in the last few years. I kind of... Uh, I was in church leadership, led a church, and part of a church stream. And, you know, we kind of believed stuff, and we were uh, all into church government and all the rest. But what has happened now is God is saying, I want you to operate in the dominion. And this is for anyone. How much authority you have depends on where you position yourself. If you say, if you have the faith and you have the belief... I can have authority for my family, God will give you that. And you will operate like that. If you have faith, I can have authority for my congregation, God will give you that. If, if you have faith, I can have authority for my city, God will give you that. It's where you position yourself, where you want to operate, at which level. Because you can have full authority because you're seated in the Godhead anyway, in Christ Jesus so we've just decided, why go for a city when you can go for a nation? You know, why go for one nation when you can go for many? So that's, we just said, Lord, we want to operate in the nations. But a little while ago, um, there was a chance, it was still when Obama and David Cameron were in, um, in government, and they were really seriously contemplating going to war in Syria, putting troops on the ground in Syria. Now, at that stage, Russia was in Syria. So there was a huge potential for major nuclear conflict because it would start off and escalate and escalate, and eventually it would go go nuclear. And that would mean Britain would be wiped out because it's a little island, it's a tiny place when you compare just driving around Africa. And so we said no, We, we discerned in God I pray, I say, Father, is it time for war? Is it time for this to happen? And I get the witness of my spirit. No, it's not. So we say, Well Lord, we I want to see what's happening in Whitehall and we were literally picked up in the spirit and taken to Whitehall and I looked at the, the gathering there. I was watching the people round the, um, the the table, the cabinet meeting was going on and there were people there. It was late at night. Some was down like this and they were waffling on these politicians and up from the ceiling I pointed down I said there will not be war in Jesus name now I'm not saying I was the only one praying but there were other people praying Um, and then what happened was uh, I I was back home and I told Heather what I saw and what was done and within uh, about a week or so there was uh, this whole idea of going to war was taken to the cabinet they all said no we're not going to war there was a backbench revolt and all this thing where People go against the policy of their own leader and their, and their party, and there was no war. And because Britain wouldn't go to war, um, Obama lost his uh, kind of uh, encouragement to do the same. So he also stepped down, and there was no war. But if, if these are things that we can do, just have a look in Colossians chapter 2, just after Philippians Colossians. I I hope I can just provoke some, um, look at verse 5, Colossians 2 verse 5. This is Paul writing, he says, Though I am away from you in body, yet I am with you in spirit. you see that? These are things we can do, because God the Holy Spirit is everywhere. We are joined to God, we join to one another, and we can go, we can move in the spirit and see what has been done, so that we can work with the spirit to decree and declare the things of God. So when you start operating in the power of God, you move from the dimension where what's happening in your life uh, is, is, is your main, the main thrust of your prayer. But that, that's totally relevant as per Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, present your petitions and your requests to God with thanksgiving. They will be given you, and the peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind, transcend around you you see so we do that but what happens is your, pray, your prayer life changes because you realize you get your needs met just like that because in effect it's the understanding of your inheritance your needs are already met every blessing is yours in Christ Jesus everything is done it's met your body's healed already by his stripes you were healed so and everything is given it's like God's given you a bank account, and the, the, the signature is the name of Jesus. And all you do is you withdraw from what is yours already. So you don't even have to really ask God if you want provision or if you want something or the other. You just say, thank you, Father. You've already given it to me. I receive it. And we were singing about receiving. So the, the way the kingdom works is different. I know I'm rambling on a bit, but we were talking about healing. You see, you're already healed. So what happens is, healing is a, a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. And this is why we're not seeing it in the body. Everyone's waiting for a, a, a physical thing to manifest. But it's just like the blessing of God. It's just like um, the, the love of God. It's something that is received spiritually. And then it will, because the, 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 the kingdom of God supersedes the natural uh, supersedes the natural world, the natural world will change. And it will obey. But you receive it spiritually. And with healing, just just, just a, a thing that's helped me a lot, is you, you have hands laid on you, you get healed. There might be no evidence in your body. But it's the same as um, taking antibiotics. If the doctor says, take these antibiotics... You take the first one, there's no evidence. You take the second one, there's no evidence. You take the third one, there's no evidence. Maybe by the fourth or the fifth day, you you, you recognize your body is recovering. Now what happens is with uh, the power of God, when the power of God touches your body in healing, you're, because your body is healed, it will now recover. So in other words, God says, you are healed and you start to recover because you are healed. Whereas we've kind of operated like the, the doctors operate, where they say, oh, you've, you, you healed when the symptoms are gone. Do you understand the difference? You don't wait till the symptoms are gone to say you healed. Hands are laid on you. You say, Father, I thank you. I received that. That's a spiritual thing. And then what happens is your body recovers. Because you healed, your body recovers. Okay? Not, you're not healed when your body recovers. Your body recovers because you heal. All right. So, yes, we can do amazing things in God. And that's, you know, I said we were going to start with Ephesians 3 verse 20. And that's just my message to you today. He does beyond what you ask, think, or even imagine if you are going to work in the lower realm. So be encouraged to look at the word of God, to know who you are who He says you are, not who you feel you are, or not what circumstances, or what your family, or any other voice that's around says you are. You ignore those. You say, I am who God says I am. And then you choose to position yourself in God so that you can do what He says you can do. You choose to believe. Don't have faith to believe, because that's that's a... That's just a—it's um, like a jumbled-up knot. You'll never get anywhere. You believe, and then faith will come when you hear. And then you can—you've got to look at what you've got in God, and withdraw from that. And you will see that the life you live is exceptional. And the things that we've just seen happening in our lives by applying these truths are incredible, astounding. Life is exciting. I look in the spirit to see what's going on. We've just been in Zimbabwe, as I said. People say, what's Zimbabwe like? I say, it's fantastic. The churches are alive. The people are hearing the gospel. The, the sick are being healed. The, 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 the blind are seen. Um, just like Lee was saying earlier... You go out, the power of God has been released. Amazing things are happening. And as a result, there will be transformation in the land. And it's the same for South Africa. Are we going to operate now in our prayers from the place of being seated in God, from the place of anything's possible, beyond what we ask, think, or even imagine? Are we going to operate from that realm or are we going to operate from the realm of understanding what we see and telling God what we see and what the problems are. Because his strategies and his answers come out differently to, um, to what we think is the right strategy and the right answer in the natural. But in the mind of Christ, we see. As we, uh, we, we pray in the Spirit a lot. You know, it, it says in the Bible, pray first in the Spirit, then the understanding. And why do we do it that way? Because your spirit becomes aroused by the Holy Spirit, stirred up as you move into the things of God. As you pray in the Spirit, He's, according to Romans 28, he's taking all things and working them to your good. He's aligning you with his will for your life as he is a partner with you. But then what happens is, you ask to interpret what you pray. We need to use this uh, this gift that God has given us much more. It's another one, of those things that that is ours in Christ Jesus. And then we start seeing by revelation what he's doing, what he's saying, and what his strategy is. And this works for you personally. It works for you family-wise. It works for you as a congregation. It works in business. It works in uh, city governance. It works in national governance. It works in everything that God does. The Spirit from God draws from the things of God and He makes them known through us, and we start operating in the realm of beyond what we could ask, think or even imagine. So I hope this has been helpful that today you choose to believe. Choose to believe for anything. It, it would be very good for us to, just to declare, as, as our, to, to confess out our mouth our faith. You know, when you're saved, it says you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He's raised from the dead. It says for with the heart you believe and with the mouth it says you, you confirm your salvation. So what I would like us to do is just, just pray after me. I'm, I'm just going to make a faith declaration. Just repeat. Just say, Father, I thank you. That I am who you say I am. That I have what you say I have. And I can do what you say I can do. I thank you for your word, Lord. I choose to believe it. And I thank you, Father, that as I believe it, I will hear it. And as I hear it, you give me faith. Thank you, Father.